0: Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and what a delight to be with you on this Tuesday, February 9th of 2021. We'd like to welcome all of our listeners, wherever you are tuning in from, and thanking you, as always, uh for uh joining us in being part or making us part of your daily uh study of the Word, which is so important in such a time like this uh Today, joining me in our panel is Brother Fernando. We are missing uh, Brother Marty, as we said yesterday, and but we are, as always, he's in our mind, and in our hearts we're praying for him and his family uh, as they continue to make preparations. But um, we continue to study the Word of God we, we think that there's nothing greater than this. We know there's nothing greater. The Word of God is eternal. The Word of God is holy, and it is life giving and uh we are seeing in these hours, Brother Fernando, that God is truly revealing himself in a much deeper and mightier way. His desire has been from the beginning to to uh reveal his un his plan right uh from the beginning and and I think that we are, as you said yesterday. Almost at everywhere that we look in the Word of God, uh, it is revealing something about where we're heading and where we're at. And uh, we've been in the book of Matthew studying and watching and seeing and studying the parallels uh, of, um, through the life of Jesus Christ, you know, and, and making the parallel with the Exodus, the first one, and with uh, our last Exodus, which is the one that we are looking for. And we have been able to glean some very interesting and powerful things in the Word of God. So I'm excited about the Word, Brother Fernando, this morning. And I know God has something fresh as we continue to study these things. So I'll leave it to you to share what God has placed in your heart as we study the Word of God together.
1: Amen. Uh, Thank you, Pastor Jeremy. Uh, We are excited for today's podcast on uh, Tuesday. Uh, Excuse me. Uh, Yeah, Tuesday. Um, Kind of lost in the days there, um, our brother Marty is is not with us, but um, he is in with us in spirit Um yeah. we're, we're so excited about what the Lord has in store today. Um, we've been studying the the gospel of matthew and, and and the more I read it, the more I realize, my God, we're just barely scratching the surface and <laughs> and, and it's exciting uh, as we're learning uh, uh, more and more uh, as the Holy Spirit gives us grace the the parallels the the shadows the types right um uh, of that were seen in connection with the exodus um and, and really beyond that uh getting a glimpse within the veil into the unseen world into the unseen uh war of the ages that took place before the the, the truth is before me and you were created um, that is beginning to manifest itself full force on the earth. And and, and that's what we really read about. When we study the, the, the book of Exodus, it is, as the Apostle Paul said, and, and, and we said it uh, yesterday and we said it all last week, um, these things happen unto them for our example. Um, the the story of the Exodus, it is something that is being dramatized um, and that gives us insight uh in particular to those to whom the ends of the world has come to, an end-time generation, a latter generation, uh, it gives us insight, uh, spiritual insight, spiritual revelation, spiritual understanding uh, of what's coming and how to prepare ourselves. And we'll touch on that as well. Uh, We'll look into how Jesus and his life at ministry, he he is a depiction, a type and, and shadow of Moses. Amen. Uh, but also we have to understand that the Exodus, the story of the Exodus, and um, it also gives us insight into this eternal struggle, this war that has been raging, that started with the rebellion of Lucifer, and where he, he uh, drew a third part of the angels with him, these angels cast into a lot with him, and and uh, so it, it, the Lord. Within the story of the Exodus has veiled uh, this eternal cosmic war that has been raging, and it's the reason why Jesus Christ came to this earth to destroy the works of, of Satan, to, to deliver us who were under the bondage of sin and death. So we see that in type and shadow with Moses and Pharaoh. Pharaoh is a type of this uh, 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 beam. Uh, that we know as Satan, that we know as the devil, who was once a powerful, beautiful angel of God, the highest creation right. of God. And we see Moses, a type of Jesus Christ, who will deal with Pharaoh. Amen? So we, yes. so the, the, the Exodus speaks to us at many levels. It prepares us in the end times. It, it, it gives us clues and signs as to what is coming and how to properly prepare us ourselves and prepare ourselves, but it also gives us clues into what is really going on uh, behind the curtain, so to speak, in the unseen realm, in the world that cannot be seen. The Apostle Paul spoke about these things um, in the book of Colossians, right? Uh, He spoke about that which is visible and invisible. We spoke about the the rankings in the unseen world of spiritual beings, both good and evil, right? So this is what we're getting insight into, and this is what we we must set our hearts to to fully understand. We have to begin to see things spiritually as the Scripture is revealing it to us. Let me say this. The only way you can see those things that cannot be seen by the carnal eye is through Jesus. It is the testimony of Jesus Christ, right, that is the spirit of prophecy. The spirit of prophecy, right, is, 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 is the testimony of Jesus Christ. I'll say this, To, to and, and I think we spoke this uh, off-air, uh, Pastor Jeremy, where, where I said, to gain revelation from, from Scripture or knowledge from Scripture without Jesus Christ that's the definition of pride. Mm. Mhm. To get into the word of God and gain knowledge and information and, and 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 what we would call revelation without Jesus Christ it ultimately leads to pride. I always say this and and and, and it, it I never thought it to be more truer but the the name Right, that that is least mentioned, the forgotten name in the Bible is Jesus. We teach on the apostle Paul and his teachings and his doctrines and the apostles, right? Uh the wrote so, the epistles. We talk about David, we talk about Moses. Well what about Jesus? Mm-hmm. Jesus is the word. The apostles, yes. the old testament prophets, they were just an echo of his words. Amen. Jesus said this to the Pharisees, if you remember. He says, You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. But you failed miserably to realize that they are they which speak of me. The scriptures speak about Jesus. I think we need to come back to that. We need to make Jesus Lord. He must be preeminent in everything that we do, everything that we say. We must give him the glory. He is above all. Amen? And that's what we're endeavoring to do in these podcasts. And and, and I thank God for the, for the revelation that, he, that he's pouring out um, on a continuous basis. Um, you know, the, the truth of the matter is we can do these podcasts and get into the word of God and, and preach subject matters and doctrinal issues. But the truth of the matter is we need to hear from God himself. We need to hear that proceeding word that comes from the Lord, our heavenly Father. Amen. So that we can be yes. prepared to meet Him, to meet Jesus. Right. So I'm excited about today's podcast. We're going to get into it. We're going to be reading from again uh, the Gospel of of Matthew, chapter four. We we we've been studying the temptation of Jesus Christ, and and uh, we, we yesterday we went over the three temptations and and how. Um, you know they're they're prophetic in nature and they connect with the book of revelations and, and the truth of the matter is um, the whole bible is one prophecy and and we said that it's just one prophecy the whole bible is one person spirit the testimony of Jesus Christ of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy amen and and we spoke about again uh, how you want just to give give you a quick review uh, starts off by saying the generations of Jesus Christ, the Son of David, uh, Son of Abraham, and 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 how that those that's a key, uh, those are key names, trigger names, trigger words to understanding what the Lord is about to reveal to us as He begins the new to the New Testament to give us the New Testament. Right? Uh, we spoke about how David speaks of the end, uh, Jesus Christ establishing His kingdom, right? That will have no end. Um and, 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 and the Bible calls him son of Abraham. And we ask the reason why does he call him that? Why not son of son of uh Abel or son of Noah, right? Uh mm-hmm. th- you know, he he came to that genealogy, but he says son of Abraham. And there's a reason for that. Um, uh, because Jesus Christ a- a- at the beginning of his ministry is a type of Moses. All right? Yes. What we see in the tem- in the temptation in the wilderness, Jesus Christ is our heavenly Moses. And right? we spoke about, and we're going to get into that in a minute. But we spoke about in chapter two how uh, we see that King Herod is is wrought and that uh, the the prophecy of Messiah that a king would, would was going to be born. He, he comes. Uh, he, he hears about that prophecy. He demands from the religious leadership. Uh, concerning this prophecy, uh, to tell them about it. Uh, we, we have a, a beautiful picture of the, the wise men, a type of the church in the last days, and, and Joseph, a type of Israel, Mary as well. Uh, we have uh, the baby, the Messiah, Jesus. They're all in the same home and and under the same roof, and they're bearing gifts, and those gifts have incredible insight into the sufferings of Jesus Christ, but also the sufferings, and really the baptism of of affliction that would come upon the church. And we see the following verse after they they come bearing these gifts, that that's exactly what takes place. Uh, They're immediately persecuted. Uh, The the wise men are told not to go back to King Herod. Um, The Lord speaks to Joseph through a dream to take the family and the child to, to Egypt. Again, a connection with the Exodus, a veiled connection with the Exodus, if we have eyes to see. We spoke about how joseph was the name of jesus's father but it was also the name of the old testament saint joseph who first went to egypt right and by him going to egypt he ultimately preserved and saved his family really the world and that's really the gospel right for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes of him shall not perish but have everlasting life so in joseph moving in in obedience to Egypt is is preserving the very salvation of the world. The child, Jesus Christ, right, and so forth and so on. And we see the persecution that takes place, and and we like uh, of of every child the two years old is killed by Herod, and we liken that to the Exodus. That's exactly what took place, right? And then uh, and 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 we we spoke of so many parallels that uh, you know we'll go over that. As we go along, but there's so much there, and we spoke about Jesus going to the Jordan River to be baptized with John, and that baptism, speaking of of a preparation for uh, affliction that is coming, right? And and it, and and it, and it also identifies Jesus Christ as the Son of God. So when Jesus comes out of the water, the Father identifies His Son. He says, "This is my beloved Son." We spoke about the baptism of fire and and, and how in the Exodus, uh, the Apostle Paul said that uh, the people, when they crossed the Red Sea, they were baptized unto Moses. Moses being a type of Christ, right, in preparation for the wilderness experience. So that's exactly what we see in chapter 4. And verse 3 closes with Jesus being baptized in the water, and, and then he comes out of the water, and he is identified as the son of god what does persecution do what does trial and testing do and what is it going to do in these last days because the heat is going to be turned up mm-hmm. the heat is going to be turned up john said that when jesus would come he would baptize with us with holy ghost and and with with holy ghost and with fire he is going to to turn up the heat. We are going to go through fiery trials. We're already going through a lot of things in this world. But things are quickly escalating. Mm-hmm. Things are quickly unfolding. Things are quickly wrapping up if you have eyes to see, right? We spoke about the hour of temptation that uh, 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 the book of Revelation talks about when the Lord speaks to the church of Philadelphia, Right And and that that word temptation has in it the understanding and meaning. And, And it literally points us to the testing that Jesus Christ endured at the hands of Satan in this wilderness experience that we're talking about. So the wilderness experience is a type of an hour of temptation that is coming upon the world to try the whole earth. But he does it for a reason. He allows Satan to test us. He allows Satan to tempt us. He does the testing, but he allows Satan to tempt us so that he can identify who are his. Mm. As Jesus was identified, right? this is my beloved son and who I am well pleased. Jesus wants to identify his church in these last days. But it will only come through a baptism, a wilderness experience, through temptation, manifold temptation. And again, the Apostle Paul said that we're not going to be tempted, uh, uh, you know, uh, with something that we cannot bear, but such as is common to man. He's always going to make a way of escape. But he has to test us, right? The Lord is going to put us on trial. Now, we don't want to fall. And the apostle warns us of of the attitude of the children of Israel in in the wilderness where they put God on trial. And and that whole generation died except two men, Joshua and Caleb. Think about that for a moment. You know, when hard times come, what are we going to do? Right? Incredible. So we see that that um, Moses is a type of Jesus Christ, and and I want to just go into scripture so we can get further proof of that. The Bible says that Jesus was forty days and forty nights in the wilderness. Um, now go to Deuteronomy chapter nine, verse nine, if you can with me, those who are listening, following, and pastor, if you can go ahead and read that for us please it says
0: Deuteronomy 9:9 9, 9 says when i was gone up into the mount to receive the tables of stone even the tables of the covenant which the lord made with you then i abode in the mount 40 days and 40 nights i neither did eat bread nor drink water
1: Amen. And that's where the Lord delivered the two the two, the two tables of stone written by the finger of God. Amen. It says um and and on them was written according to all the words which the Lord spoke with you in the mount out of the mist of the fire in the day of the assembly. Now, this is so powerful because we see that uh, Moses goes through a similar experience as our Lord and Savior, as he is receiving the Word of God. But we see in the wilderness, in the Gospels, the Word of God, Jesus Christ, right? And it's incredible because this 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 war that has been raging since from eternity past is now come to planet Earth. You have the Son of God, and you have Satan, and we get incredible insight into this spiritual war that has been taking place from before the foundation of the world. Right, uh, Revelations 12 gives us, tells us that there was war in heaven. Right, it's an incredible right. statement. You know, to think that there's war in heaven because that's the last thing you think about when you think about right. heaven. War. Right. Now you think of uh, streets of gold, as we always sing, crystal rivers, you know the <laughs> the pearly uh, gates of heaven, and so forth and so on. You think of the the, the angels singing, holy, 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 right? We think of, of 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 excitement, but but the Bible depicts that there was war in heaven, and there is an ongoing war that is still taking place, right. and we see now. That there is a confrontation between light and darkness. All right? And we'll get into that in a minute, but I want to just lay some more foundation on why Jesus here is a type of Moses. All right? And we made we made some some incredible statements uh yesterday that, that I wanted to touch on. Uh, concerning the three temptations of Jesus Christ and what exactly Satan was trying to do with Jesus. Remember, in Matthew 5, Jesus starts off the next chapter, right? He said that he saw the multitudes, verse 1, he went up into a mountain. We have a beautiful picture, again, of 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 going back to the Exodus, because it was to a mountain that the Lord brought his people when he gave his word. It was up to that mountain that Moses, Mount Sinai, that Moses went up for 40 days and 40 nights. So again, we see a beautiful uh, uh, prophecy here. We see the fulfillment of this in Christ. But when he opened his mouth, he didn't speak like he spoke to his children in the Old Testament, right? He spoke differently. We saw the heart of God. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Right? He spoke differently. We saw mercy. We saw truth. We saw love, which is incredible, and, and, and we'll probably get into that as we go along, if the Lord allows and permits. But we, I made a statement yesterday, and I don't know if you remember, Pastor Jeremy. I said, you know, that. I begin to knowing and studying the characteristics of the enemy, and we must study who our adversary is. We know that he has always wanted to possess a body, right? And I begin to think, if Jesus was a type of Moses or, or the fulfillment, he's our heavenly Moses, right? Did did Satan look at, G- as, at Jesus as someone that he would want to possess. Number one, we have to understand this. He's asking questions to the Son of God. He doesn't know who he really is. That's why he's saying, he asks, if you are the Son of God, he would ask. Turn these stones into bread. Mm-hmm. So he he. he He identifies Jesus Christ on the earth. He knows he's in the earth. He doesn't know exactly who he is, but he's trying to find out because he sees something in him. He was drawn to him. Think about that for a moment. And could it be that he was drawn to him for his own selfish ambitions? He obviously must have seen something great. Again, this is the plan of salvation, the eternal unfolding plan of God. This is the mystery that God would become flesh. The devil did not know that. The devil doesn't know everything. Had he known, they would have never. The princes of this world would have never crucified Jesus Christ, because by crucifying, salvation came. So obviously. The enemy did not know the plan of salvation. So as he's having this conversation, asking these questions to Jesus, he's trying to find out who he is. But at the same time, I believe that he's drawn to him. Because remember, he's always been looking for a man to possess. This is quite fascinating when you get really down to it. Because when, when you see the three temptations, he, start, he starts off in the wilderness, in the Judean wilderness, then he takes him to Jerusalem, and then he ends up at an exceeding great high mountain. Really, that word exceeding means the chiefest or the highest point in all of Israel, which is, if we do our study correctly, is, is Mount Hermit. We're literally seeing an ascend. To the Northern parts of Israel, which is powerful and I think there's there's some uh hidden revelation there concerning uh uh the fall of satan
0: right
1: okay so we we, we this is this is fascinating to think about what drew Satan to Jesus and the Holy Spirit drove Jesus to the wilderness right. And, and, and the more I think about it, there, there had to been something that drew, that brought about this confrontation, but drew Satan to begin to ask these kind of questions and to make these kind of offers. Was he trying to possess Jesus because he was not truly informed, not all knowing, he didn't know who he was really talking to? Remember this. I want you to go to the 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 Epistle of Jude, verse nine, and we can go there. Were you going to say something, Pastor?
0: Yeah. You know, it, yeah, that's an interesting question, right? That you pose. That he asks, "Are you the son of God?" You see, we we read the scriptures today in our time, and we can point out and say, "How could you not see it?" Right? But it's easier right. for us to pose those questions because it's already been done. Right, So we can say, oh, okay, we can connect the dots. We have the word of God completely. But, you know, think about this. In the times of Jesus, even John the Baptist, you know, for a moment had to ask the question, are you the one? Or do we look for another? For another, right. Right? So in Satan, so, you know, that, that means that there was a doubt, you know, the doubt that John, might have went through you know and asking those, those those questions and rightly so you know so in satan you know he he looked like the one but was he you know and so why did he ask these questions are you the one why, why would he ask are you the one are you the uh you know as he said in in he said the tempter asked him if thou be the son of god you know prove it to me right And but again, Mm -hmm. I'm just talking to the listener because the listener can say, Well, how could you be well, we're reading it after the after it already happened. So it's it's easier for us to point and say, Oh, we can connect the dots, right? But back, you know, it's been a question of the angels that even the angels study, right? Why do we do things? So that's always been the question. Remember, and then and then the question that was posed in the book of Revelation, right? No one was was uh had been found that was worthy to uh to open the seal right. or the 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 uh, the books right and again just to that my point is to that what you're asking is he did not know completely he did not understand and you know and God put it that way He left us clues throughout the Word of God that we can see the completion of it now but Satan he did not know completely right. That this was the right. Son of God,
1: so and not e- not not even the angels of God. No, right? They inquire, right? And, and 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 they study intently. And as they study, right. they 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 begin to understand uh, the the plan of salvation. The 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 eternal purpose of God is given unto the church. That's so hey, powerful. Amen. Hallelujah. Right? Unto power yeah. and principalities that they might know. Right. It is through the church when we declare the eternal purpose of God, the unfolding plan of God, that that the heavenly host becomes aware of it. Incredible. So incredible. That's what the book of Ephesians talks about. Right? The mystery of, of God. That's what the apostle will talk about, the mystery of the gospel. Right? This is the mystery of the gospel. That's why that's why hallelujah. That's why Matthew one starts off by saying, It was a declaration to the powers of darkness, the genealogy of Jesus Christ, Ah, son of David, son of Abraham. He was basically telling the powers of darkness, you tried to stop me from coming. You didn't know how I was going to come. You tried everything to do to stop it. You heard the prophecy, the messianic prophecy in the Garden of Eden, that, that I will put enmity between uh, the, the seed of the woman and, and, and your seed, right, uh, the seed of Satan, and, and he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So Satan had some understanding of a seed that was coming, and he tried everything in the Old Testament to stop that from coming. But when the Gospel of Matthew opens up, the Lord is saying, I have come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) I have come to this earth and you could not stop me. And this is exactly what we see, a confrontation.
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: A confrontation that started before the foundation of the world, before the creation of mankind. Right. And now Jesus is face-to-face with the accuser of the brethren, with the devil himself. And he has come to this planet to put the kingdom of darkness on notice. Hallelujah. That light has come. Hallelujah. God. And those who sat in the region of darkness saw great Charles. light. You have to see things spiritually, right? So what, yes. So <laughs> man, that, that, that excites me, brother. That excites me because because that that, that, that puts Jesus in a place where he's mighty and powerful and sovereign and all-knowing, magnificent, incredible. I mean, you you don't have the words to describe what Jesus does, what Jesus has done, what he's going to do, what he's done for us. How he humbled himself. He, he he left his glory took the form of of man think about that save us what manner of love is that brother incredible incredible ah yeah so let's continue <laughs> the, the, the 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 epistle of jude verse 9 if you could read that verse please nine. we're talking about Jesus uh, uh the fulfillment of Moses our heavenly Moses Right. Go ahead, Pastor.
0: Yet Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, Durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said,
1: the Lord rebuked thee. Mm. Incredible. Now, Now, the Bible gives us insight here. The question is, why was Satan desiring the body of Moses. Obviously, we know why and we know what his intentions are because the book of Revelation tells us what his intentions have always been. is to possess a man. In the book of Revelation chapter 13, we see in type and shadow the power, the kind of power that is given to the beast and he's given a mouth to speak blasphemies. It's the kind of power and the kind of offerings, the kind of deal, so to speak, that Satan has given Jesus in the wilderness. Think about that. He's always tried to inhabit a man. We see in Judas, he did that. Right, Judas was called the son of perdition, a foreshadow of the coming Antichrist. The Bible says, "Then Satan entered into Judas." And we've spoken in the past about and brought out the thought that you know uh, that 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 we believe that Satan's first target was probably Peter. Because we know that Jesus declares such to Peter, and that he says, Listen, Satan has asked for you. Right. Right? Right. He says, To sift you as wheat. Right? He says, But I have prayed for you. I know. That when you fail, your faith fail you not. And then when you recover and you're strengthened, you're gonna, you know, from from this great fall, you're gonna strengthen your brothers, right? As the book of of Daniel speaks God, about. Yeah. yeah, those of, of understanding, they're gonna fall in the last days, but they're the ones that that, that are gonna bring about a a move of God, through many trials, too much through much testing, gonna do great exploits, and that's exactly what we see in the book of Acts. Peter stood up with the eleven and preached the inaugural message of the church. Amen. Endure yes. persecution, but, but never forgot, never forgot those moments of testing. It's what made him. You know, right. it, 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 it's why we're encouraged by his faith to stand, to endure. Right. right. Amen. So absolutely, this is a characteristic of the enemy. He's always looking to inhabit somebody. But he wasn't just speaking to just anybody. He was speaking to the Son of God. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. He was yeah. speaking to Jesus. He was speaking yeah. to the Lord. Amen. Matthew 4, quickly, there's some great insight here uh, concerning this eternal struggle, this eternal war. It says, then, then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. Of the devil we spoke about how the wilderness speaks of an hour of temptation that is coming upon the world to try the whole earth and to try the children of God right an endurance that will be needed this is the patience of the Saints right and, and so forth and so on but but it also speaks of that which cannot be seen the wilderness when we think about it spiritually it's literally the the dwelling place of the powers of darkness, all right? The wilderness is the dwelling place of the powers of darkness. This is where Jesus is driven to, to confront in the spirit realm this region, Hmm. right? This, this, This region where Satan himself in the spirit is at. Right, go go with me to Leviticus sixteen eight. You can. Leviticus sixteen eight, and let's read. Uh. Um. Yeah, let's read from verse eight. And let's read to verse 10. Oh, you know, Aaron, what, verse, and to verse
0: 11 as well. Go ahead. Verse 11. And okay. mm-hmm. Aaron shall cast lots upon the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other lot for the scapegoat. And Aaron shall bring the goat upon which the Lord's lot fell and offer him for a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell to be the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to make an atonement with him and to let him go for a scapegoat into the wilderness. And Aaron shall bring the bullock of the sin offering, which is for himself, and shall make an atonement for himself and for his house, and shall kill the bullock of the sin offering, which is for himself.
1: Amen. So we see that uh, we have the incredible um, offering, right, where there's two goats. One is called the scapegoat. Uh, One is offered up, as the Bible says, for Aaron, right, uh, which is for himself and for his house, right? This speaks of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for our sins, right? But there is also a goat that is released into the wilderness, right, right? Because the Bible says that the penalty of sin is death. There's a wage you have to pay for sin, right? And 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 the name scapegoat in the Hebrew literally means Azazel. The Jews believe that Azazel was was a demon, right? An, an author of 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 of, uh, of evil. And we we see in the wilderness experience. The wilderness temptation in Matthew chapter 4, who's in the wilderness, right? It's Satan himself. He's in the wilderness, right? And, and, and coincidentally, uh, when you study the book of Enoch, um, which uh, the book of Jude quotes, right, and I think uh, uh, Peter as well, if I'm not mistaken, um, Azazel is the ringleader. Now check this out. Azazel is the ringleader of two hundred angels who make a covenant or a vow uh to corrupt uh they make a vow literally in Mount Hermon to corrupt the 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 the, the, the women, really the, the, the people in the days of Noah. And and Azazel is this ringleader who who leads this corruption to corrupt right uh uh mankind On the earth, and that's what we read in in the Genesis six account, right? That the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were fair, and and so forth and so on. It took 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 it took wives unto themselves. It took women, right? And and we know that out of that came this this hybrid kind of being, right? They were born from women, uh, half half demons, half angelic DNA, and half human DNA, right? And the Bible says that there was. Giants in those days and after that, so even after the flood, there were still giants, right We see them in, in 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 the Exodus, and we see them as they enter the promised land. there's giants in the land, the Nephilim, we see them in the days of David, even all the way to the days of david with Goliath and, and you know his family and brothers and so forth, and so on so we, we see uh, that that Jesus is driven to the wilderness. Which is a picture of the region of powers of darkness, if we can see it. But it's also a prophetic picture of what things will look like at the end of time, right? On the earth. Things are already beginning to look crazy on the earth. The spirit of homosexuality. Right? The perverting of our children in the schools. The legalizing of of drugs. I mean think about it. Where are we headed with all this? Immorality abounds. You go down the list. The killing, listen, the killing of babies at an alarming rate. I mean, think about it. If you can justify killing a baby, you can justify anything. It does not matter. We see the immoral, disgusting sins of our nation's leaders, that it, all of it is being kept under wraps. Talking about perversion and corruption at the highest levels of this nation and of this world. It's becoming a wilderness, right? It says the Bible says concerning Babylon, that it has become the habitation of every unclean and and foul spirit and hateful, uh, in the cage of every hateful and unclean bird, habitation of devils, of spirits. This is where we're headed, and this is what this is a picture of. Literally, what we're seeing in this confrontation between light and darkness It's the confrontation that is coming at the end of time. We are literally seeing the spirit realm, right, uh, uh, spilling over into the natural. We are in the days of Noah. We are seeing powers of darkness completely ravage this nation. We have demon-possessed teachers teaching our kids. We have demon-possessed men all over the world leading the nations of the world, right, mm-hmm. The wilderness. And Jesus is led up of the Spirit, and we're going to need the Spirit, church of the living God. Where God is taking us, we are going to need the Spirit of God. Because he's taken us to a wilderness where we'll need to depend on him for supernatural provision, for supernatural care and protection. The wilderness is a scary place. I mean, just go out to the wilderness. You know, we live in the desert out here, and, I, and I've been out there in, in at night, you know, in the middle of nowhere, and it, it's scary out there. Especially when I understand what the wilderness is a type of in Scripture. You know, so so he's led of the wilderness, he says, to be tempted of the devil. Notice, and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, this is quite interesting that it says 40 days and 40 nights. You know, the number 40 is, is the number of testing. But the Holy Spirit, by saying days and nights, really the, the word night means midnight, right? It gives us insight into what is taking place in the spirit realm. When it says day, right, and night, it should trigger something in us to begin to study. What does he mean by that? Well, we know in Genesis chapter 1 that he divided the light from the darkness, right? Now, check this out. The light is Jesus Christ. Darkness is the devil, but then it says later on. I think in verse five, he called uh, the 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 light day, and he called darkness night. So what we're seeing by forty days and forty nights, we're getting an inside peek or view into this spiritual. War of the ages And in reality When we have a day When we wake up When we wake up in the daytime And night comes Creation is speaking to us Of that That eternal warfare That is taking place If we have eyes to see Right And so forth and so on So so that I, want, I want to say that And it says He was in the world He, he fasted 40 days And 40 nights says, he was afterward. And I want to just give a a quick understanding of what the word afterward means in the Greek. It literally means lately, eventually, afterward, or at the last of all, or the latter. Again, we have a veiled revelation concerning what will take place in the end of time. We see that the world will become a wilderness. That's why the Bible says that the hour of temptation that is coming will come upon the whole earth. We have Satan, a type of the dragon, in the book of Revelation. We spoke in, 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 in Mark how the Bible says that he was in the wilderness and with the wild beast. We spoke about how the beast in the Greek, the word is sterion. It's the same word being used in Revelation 6-8 concerning the beasts that are with the that, that are associated with the pale horse and the two beasts in the book of Revelation, right? Uh, the Antichrist and the false prophet, All right. So, so it also it, so the word afterwards speaks at the end that what is going to take place will be at the end of time. A hunger will come. Right And then it says Afterward And hungered You know what the word hungered means In in, in the Greek And it's quite fascinating It means many things But one of the ones that stood out to me was It it doesn't just mean to to, You know to, to, to hunger for physical food It has to do with something spiritual as well Literally what it means is to be helpless And powerless to accomplish an end. It literally means to be poor and needy. And when I read that, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I mean that basically describes the last two churches of the book of Revelation. Right. He told the church of Philadelphia, you, you have little strength. Okay. Right? Let's go there quickly. Remember, it's it's part of the. the, the, Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: No, go ahead. The word
1: word "hunger" again means helpless and powerless to accomplish it, and poor and needy. And I'll go to Revelation three. Go ahead, Pastor.
0: So we're speaking about a trial, and ultimately we see the word "hunger" there, and that's where the Mm -hmm. test comes, because correct, we will we will either harden our hearts, right? oh we're going to pass the test um right. we remember we remember uh Shadrach Meshach and Abednego that were put in similar Daniel positions and, and but we we learned that they purpose in their heart right but what what i wanted to see here and, and i think it's very important to mention um remember the rebellion that came and, and that's what Hebrews 3 te- uh, uh, speaks about that uh you know, when the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear his voice and I harden your hearts as they did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness, when your ancestors tested and tried me for 40 years, though for 40 years they saw what I did, but he says I was angry. Mm-hmm. So what happened? They they hardened their heart. So what's coming, This 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 wilderness that we're speaking about, will either, it's going to bring about something out of our lives. It's a test. Unfortunately, for most of the people in the Exodus, in the first one, most of them died and perished in the wilderness. They hardened their hearts, right? With the exception of Joshua and Caleb. And so this is going to bring about, you know, the hunger, right? They began to murmur. Uh, didn't we have garlic and leeks and fish and this in, in Egypt? And and it, it, it hardened their hearts. And, and and so this is all connected, This this what, what we're speaking about, this wilderness. We're speaking about hunger now, the need. It's either going to bring about a faith to trust in the Lord, or it's going to harden the hearts of people.
1: That's
0: and why it, the Holy Spirit
1: harkens. But... Yeah, no, and it's by design of the Lord. This, this, you know, yeah. when Jesus hungered, it, it, it's it's prophetic of where the Lord is leading us to. The test, right? It, it literally means to be helpless and powerless to accomplish an end, meaning you have ran out of your own strength, so you have no other choice but to depend on Him or to begin to murmur like Israel of old did, right? Yeah. So, but it also they means were, they were and it also, yeah, no, no, Brother Fernando,
0: and, and that's the same thing that happened, as you said, to the people of Israel. They were now facing a wilderness. They were helpless without, you know what I mean? And all they had left was to cry out to God. And God came through. He gave them manna. Always. He gave them water. Right. Right? He came through. But yet, they tried God. They tested, they, you know, um, they began to murmur, right, to tempt Christ. They began, you know, and did other things in in the, you know, the Bible speaks about uh, uh, a fornication and idolatry and lusting, right? And all these things that were presented to them, you know, they had no options, but they, but God was faithful to them, yet they still murmured. That's amazing. Incredible. Okay, yeah.
1: So let's go to Revelation 3, verse eight um verse seventy he says he gave him the key of David Um uh, he that openeth no man shut it and shut it and no man openeth uh I'll go ahead and read it. Verse 8 says I know thy works, behold I have set before thee an open door and no man can shut it for thou hast for thou hast a little strength. So the word hungered in the wilderness men means helpless and powerless. You have little strength right, right to accomplish an end. But notice what you have done, and it's what Jesus did in the wilderness. You have kept my word and has kept my word. That's what he tells the, tells the Church of Philadelphia, and has not denied my name. Notice, notice wow. what he keeps saying. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which means that the, the Philadelphia kind of church in the last days will come under satanic attack. Mm -hmm. would say they are Jews and are not because it's bringing about a separation, right? Mm -hmm. They say they're followers of God, but they're really not. And Mm -hmm. so forth and so on, right? Uh, So we see a satanic attack from people that call themselves brothers and sisters. Revealing the character of Satan. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It says, and are not, but do lie. That's right. Right, because
0: remember... It, it, yeah, that's what uh, uh, Matthew four one, what, what, what you read, right? That when Jesus was up in up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil, and that's what it means to slander the word devil, the slander, the lie, right? So in the yeah. book of Philadelphia, what you're bringing yeah. out is powerful. We see that same characteristics being now manifested, right? <laughs> By uh, that's gonna come. To uh, uh, in in attack the Philadelphia Church, right? The Church of God. Yeah. This will be prevalent, right? An open door that no man. But he says, they they which are Jews and are not. Look at the slander, the lying, right? They lie. That's what he says.
1: <laughs> That's tremendous, absolutely. And it says, Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet. And to know that I have loved thee. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience. There it is. I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation. And, and again, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. And, and can you tell us what the word again temptation means? Um in verse ten, that's it.
0: Yes, the word of temptation in verse ten. I got it right here. <clears throat> It means. Here we go, a putting to proof experiment. It means a trial, a proving. Yes. Is that
1: is that um, yeah. Is that
0: what you got? And different?
1: if you yeah, okay. yep. And and if you go lower of the temptation, by which the devil sought to divert Jesus the Messiah from his divine right. Aaron. Right, errand. The word yeah. temptation takes us back to the wilderness experience of Jesus, which tells us this, Mm -hmm. that the church will endure a wilderness experience in our exodus. Mm -hmm. And Satan is going to be present Mm -hmm. on the earth as he was present in the wilderness. Now Mm -hmm. that just blew people's theology out the water. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but he's speaking to the church here. He's speaking to yeah. the Church of Philadelphia, right? Remember, and yeah. the other uh, meaning for "hungered" when Jesus hungered, right? He says, and afterward, you know, and uh, it says the word means also poor and needy, which is the exact opposite of the Church of Laodicea. Yeah, right. The last church, yes.
0: And
1: uh, if you can, you can read it in verse
0: 17 there. Yes, uh, Revelation, right? It says, Because
1: thou sayest, I
0: am rich and increase with goods, and That's have opposite, of nothing. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked.
1: Notice what he says. Notice what he says in verse 18. Go ahead, Pastor.
0: In verse 18, yes. In verse 18, I counsel thee to buy of me gold, tried in the fire, that thou mm. mayest be rich and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thy eyes with ice salt, that thou mayest
1: Seat. He spoke about the gold tried in the fire. Right, purchase. What do you say? He says buy of me. The price we must pay. Right, hmm. it's our lives. It's our lives. Buy him gold tried in the fire. Right, he says as many as I. So it's I not love. even an option. Maybe. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. That's what it's saying. It's
0: not giving you an option. No, he says. Buy of me, right? Yes. It's a command mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's well, we, well, it's gonna you require.
1: know we say we say we say salvation is free, but he's saying, buy here, you know like this <laughs> said come and come and drink you know with no money, come and buy with no money. that's true. there's nothing that we can do to buy anything, you know nothing of this world can buy anything God gives us. there is a price to pay though. Our lives, we must be willing to lay down our lives. Why? Because Jesus set the example. He paid a price. He surrendered and yielded to the will of his Father. And so must we. We must yield. Yield to to the fiery trial. We must yield, right, to be tried like gold in the fire. That's what he tells the mm-hmm. church of Laodicea. Yeah. You say you're rich and increase with goods. What, think about that. What does that speak of, that end-time church, that they've given into the system of this world? Because that's what the system of this world is going to offer, is the ability mm-hmm. to self-preserve yourself and sustain yourself economically. All right. Right
0: incredible. Um, you know in in many in in many ways brother Fernando when i look at the temptation that the devil you know presented to jesus right in many ways even mm-hmm. that what he did in the beginning in the garden of eden you know the the apostle john speaks about the lust of the eyes lust of the flesh and the pride of life And and we see that Adam failed that test, right? Because the Bible says she saw, look, remember the first temptation Jesus was offered was had to do with bread, right? And the woman in, in Genesis says that she saw that the tree was good for food. The second was pleasant to the eye, and it was pleasant to the eyes, right? It was the pinnacle, right? And uh, and then a tree to be desired, number three, to make one wise, right? And it speaks about the pride of life. You know, worship me. And we see Jesus, who comes, and he, um, you know, this it, almost the same thing was presented to him as it was to Adam and Eve in the in Genesis. Isn't that tremendous, right? And how he, at the end, we see and how Jesus, with the word. Did not allow himself to be um deceived that's tremendous Amen.
1: amen God. and we'll 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 go ahead and, and stop there and, and pick it up we' way in tomorrow's podcast um and you know when I was reading on the uh the the contrast of the church of Laodicea and in the Church of Philadelphia, um, I feel like the Lord just dropped in my heart to ask the question, very simple question, considering the things that we have spoken about, you know, what church are you, you that are listening, Mm. you know, the millions of Christians who put their hope in political power, to for what? To make America great again? And go back to what? Go back to our deadness, our blindness. Go back to our false prophets to listen how great we are, how prosperous we are, and how great of a nation we are. You know? The attitude of the church in this great nation is the church of the... The attitude of the Church of Laodicea. We're in need of nothing. We're increased with goods. We're the greatest nation on the face of the earth because of, this, of the Christian people in this in, in 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 this nation. Yes, this nation has been blessed. I've been blessed because of that. But the truth of the matter is, we're naked. We're, we're poor. Yes. We're a mess. Right. We need to re- we need to repent. We are going up against an en- an enemy that he's no slouch. Right. He's he's wicked. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Yes. And we have a people and Christians in this nation who don't know how to fight. And don't know his word. And don't seek God. And that's fine. But what makes things even worse, (laughs) I guess that's fine, but what makes things even worse is that the preachers have become like the wind. Now is the day of reckoning. Now is the day of self-examination. Let a man examine himself, the apostle Paul said. And I'll leave you with this. I don't know how much time we have to continue doing what we're doing. I pray to the Lord that we have much time or more time. But at the same time, I know that the demand of a righteous God must be met. And whatever's coming our way, I just ask them, I say, Lord, prepare us. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, a living sacrifice, pure and holy, tried and true. That through whatever comes our way, that we may not be like the children of Israel, but that in every trial, in every situation we go through, and you bring us out through, that we may be a thanksgiving to you. And that we may be a grateful people. And that we might declare the glory of our Lord through our lives, through our bodies, through our homes. The Bible says if we cease to be the light of the earth, the salt of the earth, Matthew 5 and we're good for nothing. Let men see our good works, that they may glorify our Father in heaven. And to him be all honor and glory forever. Amen and amen. Pastor.
0: You know, what a question to meditate on. What church are we? Interesting that that word Laodicea, we call it the Laodicean church, but Laodicea means the rule of the people. That explains to you this Laodicean church uh, that preachers preach a gospel that can fit, a user friendly gospel, right? (laughs) One that does not offend, that does not bring people to repentance. But it is to that church that Jesus finds himself outside of the door. The Philadelphia church is a remnant, a glorious church, though, that keeps the word of God that will endure in this hour. Let our prayer be, let us be found worthy, God. Stand in this hour. We we will continue tomorrow. Lord willing to uh, to study the word of God as we are gleaning so much uh, from what God is saying. Everything is connected from the book of Revelation to what we're reading in Matthew, all the way to the Exodus. We're seeing the parallels. We're seeing prophecy. What we always tell you, it is. Prophecy is, is a continuous, it's a circle of something, that that cycle, I mean, a cycle. As it was in the beginning, it shall be in the end. And we pray that you are encouraged, my brother. As Brother Fernando said, we, the time is short. We don't know how much longer we're going to be able to do this. But as long as we're able, we will. But we want to encourage you to study these things. We want to encourage your soul to meditate on these things and ponder. I want to be of that number (laughs) when the saints go marching in. If you want to be in that number, then align yourself with what God is saying in this hour. We love you with all our hearts, and we pray that you join us tomorrow as we continue to study and discuss the word of God. Meanwhile, we pray the Lord will bless you. The Lord keep you, and as always, keep looking up.